Hey, y'all, what's good? I am one of your co-hosts here at the Playmakers Corner, Cody Stoffer. You're just going to steal my what's good. I'm the other co-host, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. Who does not own the trademark to the saying, what's good. But, <laughs> but anyways, we're back here with another top five list. This week, we are talking top five safeties in the class of 2022 here in the beautiful Rocky Mountain state of Colorado. And here at number five on our top class of 22 safeties here in Colorado is right here in my neck of the woods over here in Highlands Ranch playing at Valor Christian High School. Andrew Hale, the six foot one, 191 pound safety who is an all-state honorable mention and first team all-conference. I'm going to talk about some strengths that he has and why he's our number five safety. And I think that the first thing that really sold him as a safety for me was his versatility. He's a guy who can play that slot corner role. He plays that, you know, normal safety, cover one, cover two, cover three. He can play all of those kind of roles, as well as sometimes being able to blitz off the edge and play within the box. He's a very physical safety. He's one of the hardest hitters on this list here at number five. He's just really good at finding that leverage and using quick burst and acceleration to really pop those players, you know, and for some incompletions, you can see it on his film, no matter who he's playing, whether it's out of state competition or in state competition, he's proven the same kind of versatility and, you know, hard hitting capability. I think that, you know, he also shows pretty decent footwork, but really his burst, I think, is one of the things that makes him so versatile on the defensive side and what allows him to be used as a Swiss army knife of sorts. It's just he's able to accelerate very fast and get to the ball. On that note, he takes pretty decent angles, I'd say, most of the time, especially in the run game, I think is where his angle finding works a bit more to his strength. And he proves not to be a liability whenever he is playing, you know, that pass coverage. He will make the tackle before the big play does happen. And, you know, I'd say on top of that, he's a pretty sound tackler when he's not you know, lowering his shoulder and getting some monster hits. He does a good job at wrapping up and bringing down ball carriers, you know, by the waist or otherwise. Simon, are there any, you know, eye-popping strengths that this playmaker has that I haven't really alluded to, you know, other than obviously the big hitting is probably the number one thing that makes him such a strong contender on this list. But if there's not anything that I missed, you can go ahead and take over and explain some of his areas of improvement. Yeah, no, for sure. So obviously have to agree. Um, personally, I love the big hitting ability and for him to do this on this 5A level and be part of that just great Valor Christian defensive unit, that's pretty big because it's not like... You know, he's hitting some softies out there. He's hitting some, uh, you know, some of the best in Colorado day in, day out. Plus, he does have two games where he played, a, uh, well, I don't know if it was away, but he played out of state team. So there you go. I just want to add these stats in here. He did have 74 total tackles, uh, interception, forced fumble, fumble recovery. I believe those are 
regular season stats i want to say if not one playoff game has went by so there you go uh notable games to keep in mind here he did get 10 total tackles in a 35-21 dub against Columbine and then against Eastside Catholic. I want to say, shoot, I want to say they're a, they're a West Coast team for sure. It's either Washington or California. But against them, um, the first off, they blew them out 41-0. But he did get an interception plus eight total tackles in that game. And so, you know, he does have a pretty solid year, uh, especially as that safety in the back there. You know, you got some dudes up front that are going to take up a lot of those stats naturally. But for him to do his thing right here, that's still pretty big. But let me go ahead and talk about some areas of improvement here. I think my biggest deal here, the thing that obviously or uh, obviously separates him from number one is just his ball skills. Uh, he just doesn't have great ball skills, you know. He doesn't track it well. Uh, I mean, like he's a hard hitter. He comes up. He's tough against the run. Valor uses him a couple different ways, but just looking throughout his film, um, not only obviously his highlight reel, but looking at games are just sometimes where, you know, he just doesn't come up with the turnover, even though there are definitely opportunities for him to get them. Uh, I believe on his highlight film, there was one that, at least for me, that really stood out where, you know, it was trips right, or well, to him, it would have looked like trips right. The two inside guys both ran out routes, and then the uh, farthest outside guy ran, um, he's just running vertical. And so he's wedged between the two inside guys. The quarterback is obviously throwing that way. You could see his eyes, they're locked onto one of those. And I felt like he could have undercut uh, that pass. He doesn't. He still gets the big hit, which is fine and all that. But I don't know. There are the other safeties on this list wouldn't make that mistake. And for him to be a senior doing that, you know, that's just not great. You know, you got to be able to undercut that. You got to be able to get position uh, positioning. And he just doesn't get great positioning on a daily basis. You know, and a lot of that he covers up with big hits, which is fine. You know, but on the next level, obviously you have better athletes. You have guys who are going to take advantage of that. And if you're out of position and you try to go for a big hit and you whiff, then it's off to the races and that's a touchdown, you know, and so you can't have that. So that's probably the biggest thing here. Just doesn't have great ball skills. I'd like to see him improve uh, his hands so he can catch from different angles. So like, you know, say he's playing in cover two or a cover one overhead, you know, and they throw it deep and it's one on one. I'd like I'd like to believe that he would be able to come down with the ball at this point. I don't think he can. So, you know what? There you go. But that's all I'm going to say about that. I think that's the thing he just needs to work on the most. Um, coverage skills as well. I think that's tied in naturally. You know, he's just he's not super exceptional there and doesn't anticipate those turnovers and passes as well as you like from your safety. But, you know, you you'll you'll figure that out as time goes on. And I think you just got to be coached up a little bit better there. So there you go. And then I think the last thing. Yeah, this isn't the biggest deal. I think those first two points, if anything, you need to work on those if you're listening to this Andrew Hale, uh, your ball skills, and then anticipating, you know, passes and whatnot. But this last thing, I just didn't see him in a lot of zone coverage opportunities, like deep, like third or half uh, opportunities, which is probably because he's used in other ways, which is fine. Um, 
And, you know, I don't doubt that he could do it, but I just didn't see it. So there you go there. Cody, do you want to talk about his outlook here moving forward? Uh, Did you say you had an offer to Idaho right now? Yeah, so his pin tweet right now is that he's received an offer to play football at the University of Idaho. That was on May 6th, so that was way early this year. And I believe that he also has an offer to Wyoming. And on top of that, he was invited to the CU game against Arizona on October 16th. So, you know, he has interest from some of the neighboring schools. Obviously, Idaho is the furthest one out there. But, you know, that's a solid football program out there. And, you know, I think it'd be any of these schools would be lucky to have him. But I think that, you know, kind of his play style matches a bit more of that Idaho kind of culture, if that makes sense. But when you have a Swiss Army tool like Andrew Hale, who, you know, is somebody who can contribute on special teams sooner than later with his hard hitting ability and just the angles that he takes on tackles, um, you can't go wrong with that. But I think any of these schools would be lucky to have him. I just really like the fit here with Idaho. I do think that he is a red shirt guy at any of these schools, honestly, at least at the safety or like nickel corner position. Because of what you said, he's just, you know, going for a big hit makes you look aggressive in the pass game. But really, he's a conservative, you know, pass defender in the fact that he's not attacking the ball. Maybe he's afraid of, you know, over pursuing it or making a mistake and it ends up going for a score. But you got to have some faith in yourself, especially when you're as athletic as Andrew here is. And hopefully it's a step that we can see him take in the rest of these playoffs. You know, I think that there will be one round left if they're still in and so you know that's something to keep an eye on for the rest of his film for the rest of the year yeah there you go um also at number five having d1 offers that should tell you about the rest of this list here because that's our uh, number five guy here so there you go yeah (laughs) all right that sounds like it does it for number five huh yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll transition it. I got you. All right, so with that being said, that's pretty much uh, a wrap on Andrew Hale right there. Um, Pretty good player, you know, obviously a very physical football player and whatnot, and I think this is just worth throwing this out there as well. We're not going to separate free safeties, safeties, box safeties, uh, just like what we did with inside linebackers and what we will do with linemen. Uh, it's just safeties here. So there you go. That's what we're going to do just because it's going to be easier. So with that being said, we're going to move on to our next guy here at number four. Coming up next. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Cody Stoffer, joined here by Simon Villanos, aka Coach V, and we are doing a top five senior safeties list. And number five was Andrew Hale, and coming in just ahead of him at number four is the safety out of Mesa Ridge, Cash Cheeks, the six foot five, 205 pound safety who runs about a 4.85 40 yard dash. And if you've if you're thinking to yourself, wow, this guy sounds like an athletic freak, 
you're absolutely right because he is and that is honestly his biggest strength here is that his frame allows you to kind of do a lot with him and his speed is not a you know liability at the safety position which is just really in impressive at that size you know 6'5 205 pounds I cannot stress this enough. I know that Simon is usually the frame and size guy, but this just blows me away. He is the tallest safety on this list. And, you know, the fact that he fills out at 205 pounds is also pretty impressive. This allows for obvious versatility inside the box, you know, which Mesa Ridge did use him for. He was able to play a linebacker slash kind of like an outside linebacker as well as in the box safety. But on top of that, you know, he could play a deep third from like a middle linebacker position because A, his strides cover so much space and B, he's so athletic and fast and knows the safety and linebacker spots so well following reading a play. And then at the safety position, you know, he plays a cover two, he plays a cover three, he plays a cover one. And, you know, in some instances, he did play some man looks. So, you know, just that versatility once again, coming up really big here on this top five list. And something else that I really like here is, you know, with his footwork, he doesn't waste any steps with, you know, he doesn't always backpedal on every single play. You see a lot of safeties where their first step is always backwards. He does a good job of, you know, keeping his feet in an athletic position to move forward during a run play or take a step back without wasting any steps. And so that was something that jumped out to me very early on in his film and something that I still find to be impressive and you know, something that should not go unnoticed by college scouts that, you know, he's able to show that kind of maturity and that patience on, you know, that third level of the defense. And, you know, outside of that, obviously, when you have footwork that doesn't allow you to waste steps, it allows you to, you know, track down plays pretty well and take good angles, I think kind of goes hand in hand with the maturity of that footwork. And he lives up to that. You know, he takes great angles, whether he's trying to catch up to a play from behind, which he has done against some pretty fast players. You know, I, I know that he made this one play against Fountain Fort Carson where he was in a bit of an outside linebacker spot. And it was a kind of like sweep to the opposite side. And he caught up to it. Obviously, you know, testament to the rest of the Mesa Ridge defense for slowing down the sweep enough. But still, for him to catch it from behind on the backside of the play is just a testament to what an athletic freak this guy is and you know the the possibilities that you have with him are kind of endless i'd say as far as just having a defensive tool to use simon so, mean, i don't want to take away everything but you know i'd say that his i'll leave his biggest strength in my opinion to you seeing as how he doubles as a wide receiver and a safety yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, obviously, I agree with what you just said there, but I'd have to say his biggest strength is, um, well, I, I think these two are probably tied together, but he has great ball skills, you know. Um, he's a pretty exceptional receiver. You know, if he didn't make our safety list, he would probably be in contention for that receiving list, which, by the way, um, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there now in case... Uh, we haven't said it before, which I don't think we have, but if you make it on the list one time, you're probably not going to make it again, unless you're like, I don't know, LeBron or Bo Jackson. So there you go. Also, uh, if you make the list, you're invited onto the show for an interview. Yes, for an interview. So there you go. But 
like I was saying though, he has great ball skills, you know, and part of that is because he just he's a big dude at six five. 205 his catch radius is pretty insane like he could get up there and just snag it and you know you know when you're trying to test this dude deep and he's one-on-one he's gonna come down with it because he's a jump ball type of safety and you don't we don't say that every day honestly we've had safeties that we talked about last year who were more like you know hard hitting like andrew hale types for sure uh cash cheeks and i mean it's rare to have a safety that's like six five by the way so there you go um but you know this dude cash i mean he could get up there and he's gonna he's gonna body people for that ball and then as well you know he just has a very good awareness of his surroundings there was that pick six against palmer ridge that i really like it's probably his best play of this entire year one of his best plays of the entire year where he just read it well you know and he just undercut that dude and then it was just off to the races you know and he took it a hundred yards to the house in that pretty close game that he had against palmer ridge so there you go i would say you know his ball skills um his high his catch radius are definitely his biggest strengths i mean you can't teach six five you just can't you know and he just skies for it and he's an aggressive uh he's an aggressive safety at the point of um at the point of catch too so there you go he's gonna get a hand or something in there and disrupt that pass for sure just because he's a long dude you know and you know they do use him sometimes coming off that edge from time to time i definitely remember there's that there's one time in his film where he was blitzing i don't think it was off the edge but he was just straight blitzing and he like leaped and swatted the football as it was coming out like it came out that of the quarterback's play was hand. insane that was yeah. a middle linebacker blitz oh yeah it was insane and he was like like there was a whole lineman in front of him or something like that too so it wasn't like he was super close or anything you know he just skied and swatted that backwards or forward i guess quarterback and you see that coming at you like that that was almost intercepted yeah it definitely could have been just athletic freak flying down the field at you like what do you what do you even do like god i'd love to have that kind of player on my defense yeah, you could do a lot. And that's what Mason Ridge did as well. You know, they used him pretty well here, uh, not only just at safety, but at receiver as well. And so I want to talk about his stats here real quick. You know, on the season, 92 total tackles, which is pretty good. That's a lot. That's a lot of tackles uh, at the safety spot. He had five interceptions, including that pick six against Palmer Ridge. And then as a receiver, 31 receptions. I don't know why I didn't write down the receiving yards, but 31 receptions and eight receiving touchdowns. His receiving film is fun to watch. So if you want to check that out, go for it. But uh, I'm going to talk about his notable games here before I talk about some areas of improvement and why he's number four. But notable games, obviously that Palmer Ridge game uh, at the beginning of the season where they only lost 27 to 30, uh, that pick six pretty much brought this game uh, a lot closer than it meant to be in that fourth quarter and gave Mesa Ridge an opportunity to win this game. But in that game, he had 12 total tackles in that pick six. Uh, and then against Fountain Fort Carson, which Cody, you and Mason were able to go to, he had 14 total tackles and an interception. We, all, we know what Fountain Fort... Wait, what? He was everywhere. Yeah, no, he was doing everything. 
and we know what Fountain Fort Carson is. Like they're they're talented. They have skill uh, players everywhere and athletes everywhere, and so that's not an easy thing to do. Um, lost the game zero to seven, but there you go. And then really early on, I think this was the first game of the season um, against Denver South. Joseph Capra, the Caldwell, all them boys, you know, they beat them 31 to 28. And in that game, he had seven total tackles, two tackles for losses, and an interception. He picked off Capra in that one. Obviously, when they played them again, um, it wasn't the same score. No. But they still they lost by three instead of beating Denver South by three in that one. And so there you go. I mean, he's done it against some very quality players on the 4A level. And so, I mean, if you don't believe that uh, he's a great safety, if you don't believe us saying that he's a great safety, you know, stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie. So there you go. But, Cody, do you mind if I talk about uh, areas of improvements here? Yeah, sure thing. Okay, bet. I think the thing I'm probably the most concerned about is just his, his agility and ability to change directions. You know, there are some guys on here that definitely have, like, more fluid hips. Um, Andrew Hale arguably has more fluid hips than Cash. And, you know, I understand he's, like, 6'5", 205. But, you know, his change of direction is just not the fastest, you know. Um, as a safety, you know, I mean, he'll be fine for the most part because he does have pretty solid top end speed. He's tall as well, which allows him to cover a lot of the field. But in short spaces, it definitely shows sometimes that he's just not able to like adjust as quickly as some other guys here. So there you go. The second thing, and that's definitely the most important thing I would say. Uh, second most important thing here that I like to see him work on. You know, I like to see him against the run more, uh, be a little bit of a bigger presence. He, he, I mean, like, he's in there and he's making tackles, but I'd like to see him, like, you know, blow up a play. Like, go lay somebody out. You know, he's 6'5", 205, and he's arguably, like, the least hardest-hitting guy on this list, I would say. Arguably the least harding, hardest uh, hitter on this team, or on this team, on this list. And even in some honorable mentions, there are some guys that could challenge him there. And so working on that explosiveness can never go wrong with that like to see him you know just uh i don't know just just knock some guys around and all that so there you go and then lastly i mean i don't think this is stopping him from getting him getting an offer but or i guess more offers but i would like to see him continue to work on his technique and man if he can be like one of those guys that is super solid in 101 and could cover those receivers on the outside like that would be awesome ideally you know he could be one of those guys at 65 who could potentially play a little bit of corner on like the d2 lower d2 levels uh maybe lower fcs levels you know and uh being 65 and all that he could definitely be one of those problems out there if he figures out how to consistently jam receivers at the line and uh, that's huge and that would help out his stock a lot so there you go but cody do you have anything you want to add on before you go go ahead and hop into uh, outlook here yeah as far as areas of improvement i gotta agree with everything that you said and i think that you know the lack of fluidity and hips kind of affects his ability to play that sideline kind of zone I didn't see too much of that in his film, and that's a little bit of a concern that you can't have a safety that can help out with some corners over on the sideline. So 
But another reason may be that he wasn't really asked to do that because he did have another great, you know, piece of a secondary in front of him with Desmond Burton out there at that cornerback position, which, you know, it's not an area of improvement so much as it is just something to note that he did have a good cornerback in front of him. And on top of that, as far as man coverage goes, uh, kind of building off of what Simon said, I didn't see him have to really defend double moves. Uh, I don't know the you know the skill level of a lot of slot receivers or didn't see a lot of film of slot receivers going against him in man but you know i don't know how he'd be able to defend you know uh, a head shake from a guy like costanzo at wide receiver from palmer ridge you know i didn't get to see any of that man on man coverage if that ever happened or you know what his plan is with you know kind of the more brick shaped hips that he has and also i just want to elaborate on Simon's point that yeah there are some guys on the honorable mention list that can hit harder than him and that's kind of inexcusable when you're 6'5 205 pounds honestly but talking about you know his future and kind of what that looks like from what I can tell you know it seems like he's been invited out to a couple of CU games and that CU football recruiting is kind of you know keeping tabs on him as and I think he's also been offered by CSU Pueblo. Simon, do you know anything that I don't know, or you see anything that I can't really see from, you know, his Twitter page? But uh, that's kind of all I can see. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's offered by Northern State, isn't he? Up in uh, up in North Dakota or South Dakota? It's one of the Dakotas. It was like while. A while oh, back. Oh, I see that. I see that now. I see yeah. the pictures at least. So he has that offer. They're not a bad program. I'm pretty sure they're D2, but they're not a bad program. Um, also, I think this is an offer, or not an offer, sorry. It's uh, He visited BYU. He went to one of their, um, what is it called, training camps. Right? Okay, yeah, I see that picture as well now too. You have yeah. to dig really far back for some of these because all the senior year film is out. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. But he definitely, I mean, he has multiple offers, you know. In my opinion, I think just, I mean, if you're basically going off of size alone, well, not just size alone, but, you know, his skill set plus his size at 6'5", 205, you know, you don't see that every day. And I think it would, you know, some D1s would look at that and be like, okay, maybe, you know, let's just offer him and see what we could mold him into because he has a lot of potential here, you know. Like I said, I mean, when he's playing that mid-zone, or not mid-zone, that deep mid-zone, though, uh, he, he just does really well, you know. If it's a jump ball, he's going to come down with it. He positions himself well. A lot of that is because of his work at wide receiver, which he's exceptional at as well. And so if you need, like, an emergency, there you go. But uh, I think he's someone that you definitely kind of take a flyer on and be like, hey, you know, either a preferred walk on to an FBS or let me offer you real quick here because I think he is kind of one of those dudes and he was part of a pretty solid Mesa Ridge team that just had a lot of athletes, you know. And obviously, whenever you're on a team that has a lot of athletes, it means something when you're one of the top ones on that squad and uh, that's who he is. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that if you're like CU, you have to try and keep this talent in state. And I'd be really surprised if BYU doesn't pull the trigger and give this guy an offer either. 
I mean, really, if he's already on their radar, like, it, it's just, like you said, it's so hard to say no to this size and athleticism. Yeah. And BYU is going to the Big 12, right? So they're going to need uh, all the freak athletes you need to go ahead and compete in that conference, which is a level above where they were at before. Was it Independent or Mountain West? I don't recall, but Power 5 is definitely well, a step up. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. But, I mean, he's super underrated in my opinion here. I mean – I feel like more people would notice a 6'5", 205-pound safety, you know, guy that's built like just like a beast and all that and has great skills and he's not just like somebody who like could hit hard. Nothing against that, but I mean, you know, he could actually go up and get it and go, de- you know, deflect the ball and he's shown his skills over and over again. You know, he's shown that he's more than just uh, his body type, which is big. You know, and I feel like that is definitely enough to separate him as, you know, these next couple weeks keep going. And by the way, we are recording this on November 16th. So for all we know, maybe he's already offered by a bunch of D1s by then, you know. But uh, a lot could still happen with a month or two left in this calendar year moving forward and whatnot. A lot could happen, especially when, you know, seasons kind of start to calm down on the high school level on the college level and you really just look at it and you're just like all right you know i'm a college looking for an athlete looking for a freak athlete out here what do we got i mean he stands above a lot of these dudes here and you know colorado is also low-key known for at least these last two years for putting out really good safeties and you know he's the tallest one we've done well we have done a breakdown on so far uh we have some taller guys here coming up but they're not as big as cash though so all right so that'll basically be it on cash cheeks very underrated he's gonna be a steal for anybody here um i don't think he should settle for juco yet but if he does do juco he'll be very good and he should be getting a lot of these same d1 looks so there you go but we're gonna keep this thing moving and we're gonna go ahead and talk about our number three guy in the state he's on the 5a level so we're going back to 5a here um at number three but we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break here before we talk about him Playmakers Corner, Top 5 Safeties, Class of 2022, your hosts, Coach V and Cody Stoffer, talking number three, Malik Singleton, the safety out of Grandview. I believe he's a two-year starter, and there is a lot to like about this guy, and there is even some debate on him being, you know, number two or three, the two and three spot, kind of interchangeable, you know, to a degree, depending on what you're looking for as a program recruiting a safety here and if you're looking for a guy who has incredible instincts and ball skills and can play man up then malik singleton is your guy here at our number three spot he is one of the better man up probably second best man coverage safety here he's somebody who i could easily trust to play cornerback especially that nickel or slot cornerback routinely and also make plays you know i think that his instincts you know are they're the hardest thing to miss on his film because he knows where the ball is going sometimes before the quarterback knows where the ball is going 
and you can see just the way he's able to bait quarterbacks and the way that he reads their eyes as well as just the entire play you know he does a great job of recognizing routes as they're being ran or you know reading kind of what the pass play could be based off of what the tight ends or running backs are doing he just has great vision for the field and just a very high football iq that translates into a lot of plays that he's able to make and on top of that he has the athleticism and the quick burst ability to live up to the second half of those plays and to you know close them out by converting those you know what a lot of other safeties might have as big hits or tipped passes they're almost always interceptions here from leak singleton and for the passes that may have just been completed passes those are the ones that he ends up tipping or getting out of the way because he's just so athletic he throws his body around just you know in a very football exciting tasmanian kind of way and you know i think that He's a must-have player for any program that's looking for a guy that can take any interception back to the house on any single play. He just has a great feel for the field, and his awareness of just routes that are happening around him is just eye-popping, really, on this level of football. It It's something that can easily carry over to that D1 level. And those reactionary hands, I mean, he just gets them up so fast, and He's just so good at baiting quarterbacks into doing exactly what he wants him to. Simon, I know that you have some numbers pulled up to back up these claims here for Malik Singleton. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? I just wanted to back what you had to say as well. Honestly, Malik Singleton is probably one of the most like just overall fundamentally sound players uh, in the state and, you know, at the safety spot, you know, like you said, he could have been, you know, he could have been interchanged with a uh, number two here. Um, there's definitely, I would say maybe a little bit of a, you know, I, I would say a little bit of a, I guess an argument for number one as well. This top three is pretty close, not going to lie. But, you know, I would say Singleton here, he's just very, he's just a very clean player, makes very good tackles, takes very good angles. Um, You know, as a ball player, you know, or, okay, as someone at safety, you know, he's just a ball player with very good ball skills. You know, if the football's coming anywhere in his direction, he's going to get a hand on it or snag it. One of the two. And, you know, that's never a good thing. And he's part of this elite Grandview secondary here who, I mean, they've been giving a lot of teams some trouble, you know, throughout this year. And so with that being said, let me talk about his stats here. So on the year, by the way, uh, like I said, as of November 16th, uh, he has 74 total tackles, five interceptions, some notable games I want to talk about here. Obviously, that first game against Pomona, where they won 30-29 to in that thriller. He had 15 total tackles, one interception in that game against Mountain Vista, arguably his best statistical game. And, you know, on paper, he was on top of it. Um, you know, he... Oh my gosh, he embarrassed this young Mountain Vista team and showed why he's the vet and they're the freshman over there because he had eight total tackles, two interceptions. Both of these interceptions were just great like reads. I would say I think one of them was off of a tip as well. And so that's just him making a play there. He also had a pass deflection 
in that game. So there you go. And then against Cherry Creek, they lost 13 to 21, but he did have 14 total tackles, including that fourth quarter pick six that, you know, brought this game to a one score game. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a one score game uh, early in that fourth quarter. And so, you know, he's balled out against some of the best in the state, you know, getting it done as a, you know, tackler against the run, getting it done as a cover guy. And, you know, like you said, Cody, he's used in a lot of different ways as well, just because he is just fundamentally sound all over. But with that being said, Cody, do you mind if I talk about some areas of improvement here? Yeah, sure thing. I just want to add it on add on that in that Mountain Vista game, he lit up one of those receivers. I couldn't tell if it was Ja'Kai Mack, the freshman, or if it was Nick Stone, both of whom are phenomenal receivers. And, you know, one who's going to continue to do for a long time and the other one who's in consideration for our top five senior list, whichever one it was, he blew them up, too. So. Yeah, like I said, arguably his best game of the year that that mountain vista game but let me go ahead and talk about areas of improvement slash you know some reasons why he isn't one or two um i would say as a tackler i think there are definitely times he's a little passive in the run game doesn't play it as aggressive as he could uh there are definitely some times where he kind of waits for the running back to come to him and then he's like the security blanket and he gets in there and so i'd just like to see him be a little bit more decisive and you know go ahead and chop that tree down you know go ahead and lay lay him out you know uh don't let him run five or ten yards there because there are some times he does of that um and you could tell you know and i think part of it too is because he doesn't want to get blocked either and so he'd rather like like just wait and slip pass than like dive straight in there and, and i think part of that as well is because he's not like the heaviest player he's a little light um he's like six foot 170 i'm not sure how accurate that 170 is to be completely honest with you he might be a little bit heavier you know maybe 175 yeah but uh still a little light here definitely the lightest on this list um even amongst like our honorable mentions as well he's pretty light and so maybe that's uh, one of the reasons why like he's not gonna like you know wedge himself between two linemen and go get somebody and play that game aggressively you know but uh yeah so there you go i mean i think he's gonna put on some weight here i don't obviously don't get too heavy you know i think 180 uh 185 is a good spot to be at arguably for the rest of your career you know just some honestly i was nitpicking a lot here with malik he does a lot of things perfectly uh to be completely honest with you but these are just some things that you know i saw that i'm like yeah maybe you could be a little bit better here maybe you could turn one of these things into like an elite scale which i feel like you can do so there you go but cody what do you think about that before we talk outlook here i mean i gotta agree with everything that you said uh he's definitely an ankle biter kind of tackler is the first like area of improvement that i wrote down and you can attribute that to to size but he's definitely kind of like diving at feet or ankles and some of these tackles that he gets on this level he's not gonna get on the next level um to to say the least you know i think that guys are gonna do calf raises on the next level and should be able to shake some of these malik singleton tackles but you know there's a lot worse areas of improvement to have so 
you know, I, I'm not too upset about it, obviously. And I also want to mention that on his sizes, he could be a next level cornerback too. Like, I really think he's that good and versatile at man coverage. So, you know, that it's not, it's not a deal breaker is the easiest way to say it. And, you know, with his playmaking ability on the defensive side of the ball and the ability to score on defense, it's hard to say no to this guy as far as the recruit goes. Yeah, he's not bad in man-to-man. I think he's good. i just like to see him take it to another level here. So there you go. But, uh, Cody, do you want to – he's already committed here, so do you want to tell us where he's committed to and where you see him kind of landing here moving forward when he's going to get some playing time and all that, in your opinion? Wild, 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 Wyoming, baby. He's playing for the Cowboys. He's committed to the Cowboys. He's been committed for a minute. I think June 28th is is when that says, right, Simon? I don't I don't have it pulled up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, have, I have it pulled up. I have it pulled up. June 28th is, is what that says. And, you know, that's, that's kind of wild. That's kind of wild, you know. But, you know, I definitely think that he's, he's a guy who might have a very similar kind of ascension to starting as a top five guy from last year in Zaire Jackson you know he's he's a guy who hasn't really gotten a whole lot of time but has flashed you know in in camps and stuff and certainly has the attention of these Wyoming coaches and so I can kind of see you know a really great secondary out there in Wyoming between Malik Singleton and and Zaire Jackson here in about two years honestly and I think Malik has a little bit more of an advantage because he's a bit more versatile of a guy. So I think he might get out there a little bit sooner than Zaire might have. But, you know, I, I, I see them hitting the field for about the same amount of time as far as, you know, w- when they hit the field and the amount that they hit the field to, as well as just how they're kind of used. Simon, what do you think of that kind of outlook? Wait, what do you in mean? Comparison? the same time like what you mean by that like like they'll be used on the field the the same amount and you know maybe maybe Zaire has to wait a little bit longer but Malik because of his versatility gets out there a little bit sooner but they'll be playing as teammates for the same amount of time well yeah no for sure okay yeah no I agree I think obviously a red shirt is probably in uh, a red shirt is probably in his future here you know but i think that's fine you know i feel like every football player should probably take a red shirt unless they're a quarterback you know but i i don't know i think yeah go ahead and red shirt but like you said cody he's just very um i mean he's very versatile he could be moved a couple different ways here so his playing time and you know whatever that time whatever that timeline looks like is definitely accelerated because he could do a lot of different things here so there you go i agree with what you have to say so probably after the red shirt i would expect him to you know get some uh specialty minutes there at least right oh yeah whether it's kick oh, yeah. return yeah yeah like kick re- or kick off um you know punt all that stuff like i could see that or returning it you know i'm sure but uh i, I would probably say kick off uh punt you know so 
definitely see that. And then from there, you know, I mean, you just got to keep keep at it and you never know. One day they might be like, hey, you know what? I'm just sick of the safety we have right now. Let's go ahead and plug you in uh, because I don't want to see this other guy play as much anymore. And there you go. And that's that. It happens. It really does. It, I feel like I made it sound really simple there. But, you know, sometimes coaches are just like, hey, I don't like what I'm seeing. And I just need to see something different and just put somebody else there because I'm sick of seeing this dude play. Shout out to Coach Johnson on TikTok. That sounds like something that he would say, right, Cody? But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> giving him the Donovan. Yeah, something like that. But, um, you know, OK, it's probably time to go ahead and move on here. Malik Singleton, fundamentally sound for the most part, you know, very productive. He's going to be a stud on the next level because he can do all of those things. He's Mr. Do-It-All. So there you go, Malik Singleton. But coming up next, we're going to talk about our number two guy here. Like I, like we said, you know, it was really close. Really could have won either way, to be honest with you. But we'll talk about him here next. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. We're talking about safeties here. This is our top five list for the class of 22 here in the box state here in Colorado. And at number two, we're going to go to the 3A level and talk about Lutheran's very own Bryce Johnson, the 6'3", 200-pound safety. This dude is built. I got to tell you that. I got I to gotta watch him live, you know, and this dude is legitimately 6'3", 200. And, you know, that's one of his strengths. You know, he just has a very good, like a D1 frame at 6'3", 200 playing safety and just great raw athleticism. You know, the, these are some of his numbers that he listed. And, you know, you could probably take off a little bit here if you really want to, but... I mean, dude's still a stud either way. His listed 40 is a 4.57. I believe it. Looking at his film and watching him play football live too, you know, I could definitely believe the 4.5, 4.6 kind of vibe there. So there you go. And then he also has a 34-inch vertical, which is pretty good for someone who's 6'3 already. So there you go. I think those things already separate him naturally from a lot of guys uh not just on this list but in the state and in the country you know how many times do you see a 6'3 200 pound safety who can move like that and jump like that you know it, the answer is you just don't you know and so that alone is definitely attractive enough to you know gain some college offers if um if you're a little bit of a baller here which he is and so i think that would be his best I guess trait here as a safety his second best trait is that this dude is just tough man he's tough against the run he is the definition of an enforcer in the pass game like he hits hard and with intention you know like there's some plays where he's dropping back and the <laughs> the quarterback's trying to fit it into the you know into the uh, what is it called into the window here between the corner and uh, Bryce Johnson here and Bryce he just comes in and just absolutely nails receivers over and over and over again you see it in a senior film you definitely see it in his junior film probably a little bit more to be honest with you um, just him just hammering these receivers and tight ends and whoever because this dude is exceptional at that you know he is somebody to be feared over the middle 
Like you don't want that smoke, probably. But he's he's a hard hitter. You know, he's as hard hitting as they come here. He's probably, you know, arguably the hardest hitter on here, along with Andrew Hale. Probably he's definitely up there for sure. Uh, I mean, only thing that's wrong with that i guess is that he doesn't always go up for the ball and there are some times where you know you could tell he just wants to make a point and just lay a dude out and so he would do that but i mean that's not a bad thing either he still stops the play the play ends regardless uh it's just not you know a turnover all the time so there you go but speaking of turnovers he does have some pretty good ball skills you know um i mentioned his receiving film earlier and you know he's a pretty solid receiver if you look at his senior film um it's entertaining like this dude goes up and he gets it you know and uh, as a receiver too he runs some pretty nice routes there so i'm just gonna throw that out there so he knows all about getting leverage and all that because he does that consistently he cuts off receivers he undercuts them you know he gets himself in the right positions a lot of the time here to just go make a play whether he's knocking somebody out or going ahead and you know just intercepting it um at the very worst he contests the ball and that's that you know but he just does a very good job there he's an aggressive player and you love to see that there before i pass it off to cody here i do want to go over his stats real quick here so on the senior season uh he has 53 total tackles 12 tackles for losses and only two interceptions some notable games uh to look out here or to i mean if you want to look at bryce johnson you would probably look at these games i would say this year you know to well i guess not to their credit but they played a lot of easy teams denver north is probably the toughest team and they just barely missed the playoffs so there you go uh, at least as far as regular season go. But against Denver North, he had three tackles, two tackles for losses and an interception. Me and Mason were at that game. And then actually last year against Durango, the defending champs, they lost to them 46 to, or 47 to 6. But in that game, he had 11 total tackles, a forced fumble, and a pass deflection against a pretty tough like Durango offense and Durango team in general. And so for him to do all that is definitely big time and is why he is going D1. But Cody, do you have anything else you want to add on to this before you talk about areas of improvement? Uh, I just really like how Bryce here plays, you know, a pretty good edge rusher spot. And I wanted to note just how strong he looks going against literal tackles. At 6'3", 200 pounds, it looks like he can almost double as an edge rusher. Like, really, really. And that's insane to see from a guy who can play the pass pretty well. You know what I mean? Like, and and show the ball skills that he has. For him to be doing that on multiple levels of the field is why he earned our number two spot. And Simon, you and I talked about this before recording this and while deciding the list that, you know, we wanted to show consistency in, you know, our rankings here and versatility and sub ruling supreme it decided our five spot and it decided our two spot here with bryce johnson being able to play an in the box kind of role as well as an even an edge rusher kind of role and outside linebacker as well as a true safety who you know plays kind of a variety of zone coverages and you know i think that his footwork is you know his biggest asset as far as you know his versatility goes there's one play in particular where he's at that kind of edge spot and it looks like he's going to come on a blitz, but then he falls back a little bit, prepared to play like a, a true mid zone. And then he crashes down on this bobbled swing pass because he just reacts and reads and goes through all of his reads 
so well and has, you know, the athleticism and footwork to carry those things out. So that's what you, you know, that that is what blew me away about Bryce Johnson and why he's our number two on the list instead of number three, because we, you know, we discussed that it could go back and forth a little bit here, especially at these one through three spots. And as far as areas of improvement, it's kind of nitpicky for sure. There's just not a ton of man coverage film, which isn't to say that he can't, there just isn't a lot of film of it. So, I mean, that there's a lot of other things that you could be mad about. But when you have an inside-the-box safety like that who can double and just play, you know, like five different positions at any time, you could overlook some things like a lack of man coverage. Uh, isn't that right, Simon? Yeah, no, for sure. That's actually the only thing I really have on here. Um, he's... I mean, he plays mostly zone. I think it's important to keep that in mind. A lot of cover two, I would say a little bit of cover one, but I would say a lot of cover two here where he's just covering half the field and that's fine. You know, I mean, he does, he makes plays from there, but I mean, there's something to be said about someone who doesn't really play a man. You don't know where their skills are at, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, so do you want to take us go. through his outlook here simon Is yeah i will <laughs> what was that i said what's the news on that front so i actually heard about bryce johnson a really a couple of months ago probably in early july like really early july near end of june from um you know from from a source that i have inside lutheran well related inside lutheran same thing bryce you'll probably figure this out eventually but uh she told me about this kid and he was like yeah he's going to csu like he's the real deal and i'm like oh and i thought at first it was csu pueblo but it's actually csu they offered him he committed and so he will be playing for steve adazio in that tough defense who get yet another um you know high rated player here in colorado a number two rated player here in colorado shout out to cooper walton which is that doesn't happen every day. If I had a dime for every time that happened, I'd have two. But that's still pretty crazy, right? <laughs> so, so, so I'm keeping that in. So there you go. But you heard it here first. Bryce. Well, you didn't hear it here first. That's obvious. But Bryce Johnson, he's going to CSU. He's going to be a part of that. Uh, I wouldn't say elite, but very good defense over there with a very good defensive coach who I probably trust a lot more to figure out, you know, where they want him to play because he is playing safety here, you know, but I can definitely see a scenario if, uh, you know, maybe they move him down to linebacker, like middle linebacker or something like that, or outside linebacker because he does have the size at 6'3", 200. Like I said, that's a D1 uh, frame there, you know, and not everyone has it. So that's a pretty big deal. And when you have like a 6'3", 200-pound athlete, you know, there's like there's a lot of different positions he could play and that you could probably develop him into if you have the vision for it, which I believe Steve Adazio at least has the defensive vision for that. And so honestly, you know, I don't know what their safety slash DB 
or whatever um, situation looks like up there. But I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to take a redshirt year. And then maybe another one. You know, it's possible after his redshirt year he could see some snaps on special teams. You know, I think he'd be perfect on kickoff and whatnot as a gunner potentially. That oh, that, that would be crazy. Not going to lie. That'd be fun to watch. Um, but other than that, you know, I think consistently – on the defensive side of the ball, I could probably see him getting in there after his redshirt year and then after uh, his second year there. So that would make him a redshirt sophomore or junior, just about getting consistent snaps there. I mean, you know, they could really turn this kid into anything over there. He could be an absolute weapon and steal for CSU because uh, he, I mean, he could have got some other D1 offers as well. But, you know, I respect the decision staying in state, playing for CSU, you know, and being one of the best in the state to go ahead and stay and do that, you know? Yeah, for sure. That uh, that recruiting class for CSU is looking pretty good. Really hope that Adazio could actually hold on to this one. But anyways, yeah, uh, I really like Bryce Johnson's odds here. So, I mean, I'm just jumping in. I, I didn't wait for no segue this time, but... I like Bryce Johnson's chances of, you know, being a special teams contributor sooner rather than later, just because, I mean, his frame, size, and speed. I mean, it's freakish. It really is. And, you know, somebody that, at least on special teams, you know, like you said, he could be a gunner and ruin someone's, you know, college career if he makes contact with them going to uh, going a million miles an hour. But, you know, as far as when he gets on that defense, he's just going to be such a versatile piece that I, I think Adazio is going to be super excited to to have. And, you know, I I bet, you know, there's going to see instances where we see Cooper Walton and Bryce Johnson right next to each other on the field at the same time, potentially. And, you know, that's something really exciting that, you know, two of our number two seniors on their respective lists can can look forward to and uh, blowing it up and tearing it up and being a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers on that Mountain West level. Yeah. And hey, if Cooper Walton is uh, Bobby Wagner, Bryce Johnson is Cam Chancellor. So there you go. Sheesh. But you know, the okay. right But yeah, so. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> that goes without saying. But yeah. So I, I'm just saying, I, I like it here. Um, I see a lot of Cam Chancellor low key in Bryce Johnson. I'm just gonna say that um, he's he, and he could still like put on some muscle. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to 210, 215, and he's like that's just his playing weight now at safety, you know. Because even now, like I mean, they listed him at 6'3", 200. I could probably believe it, but also. I could also believe him maybe putting on a couple more pounds, too, because he's still lean enough, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. bigger than 200 as he stands now. But. Like playing weight? Like right now. Like right, right now. Like yeah. Like so. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, you might have to ask that someday, but... There you go. So, well, maybe he can come on the show and answer for himself. Once again, this is an invite to anybody to come onto the show if, if you're on one of these lists. Yeah. Um, before we move on, shout out to my sources putting me on to Bryce Johnson uh, before this senior year. But coming up next, we're going to talk about our number one guy 
and also some honorable mentions. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. We're here at number one, but per usual, you already know. We finna talk about these honorable mentions real quick. Give them some love because there are definitely a couple guys here that were right there fighting for that number five spot um, or, you know, just a spot on this list, but, you know, didn't make it. We're probably, well, we are going to go ahead and do film breakdowns of all of these players eventually, uh, probably before all these guys graduate is, is the goal here. And so... I'm going to go ahead and start off on the two-way level. There were two players here that really stood out. Um, both have one player of the week at least once, I want to say. And that is Severance's Caden Donovan and then University's Cannon Padilla. Caden Donovan, you know, he's a stud. He's somebody who probably hits just as hard as Andrew Hale. You know, has better ball skills. But his footwork is definitely, you know, it, it needs some work, you know, and he does play on the 2A level. And so you do have some quarterbacks who are going to make worse mistakes than, you know, on uh, higher levels where they pass the ball more. So, I mean, you know, do what you want with that. But he was still, regardless, pretty close to making that number five spot. So you should be proud of that. Caden Padilla. You know, he is the guy who does it on both sides of the ball. He's an excellent receiver as well. So maybe he makes a, you know, maybe he makes an appearance there. But, you know, for now, we're talking about safeties. He's a solid safety out of universities. One of the reasons why they made the little playoff run they did. And then moving on to the 3A level, I have Jacob Lover from Holy Family. Uh, honestly, he has a lot of film at running back, at least this year. And so that's, you know, that's pro that's partially why, you know, we didn't go with him. Um, but he's a fantastic athlete. And so we're definitely going to want to take a closer look at him. And then moving on here to the 4A level, we have uh, Bridgers Sutherland from Silver Creek. And then we have... Um, boy, hold up. Rocky Mountain's 5A. Yeah, so, and then moving on to 5A, sorry. We have Kay Schroeder from Rocky Mountain. Uh, didn't upload his film, Cody says. So, there you go. At from least senior right year, now. From senior year. Yeah, from his senior year. At least, like, right now when we're doing this, he did it. So, there you go. And then we have Demario Williams from Rangeview. And then Tyler Tolbert from Cherry Creek. You know, all guys who just barely missed the list. And, you know, at another day, we're going to talk about why, you know, they just barely missed it there. Because uh, I do want to talk about the number one safety here. Oh, my wait, Sorry. Okay. I'm going to throw this in there as well. Grant Page as well is on our honorable mentions. Obviously, he got oh, hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he played like four games, five games. Um, hoping he's, you know, doing well in his rehab and whatnot. Uh, he knows you have a lot of love for him and his Fairview boys. But, you know, I mean, it's hard to put somebody on this list that didn't play the majority of their, uh, you know, of of their uh, senior season here, which is also why Dom Nichols, because I'm pretty sure he plays safety isn't on here as well and probably won't be on here that is probably a breakdown we'll do you know probably for fun at another time to be honest with yeah you. we'll do breakdowns <clears throat> on both of those guys honestly yeah because uh you know grant page he was he, he was one of those guys preseason 
who was battling for that top spot with this guy right here. You know, and it was going to be close regardless. But with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and announce the number one safety in Colorado here in the class of 2022. And that is Palmer Ridge's very own Anthony Costanzo, the 6'3", 205-pound safety. This guy is an absolute beast. Like I said, we knew about him before. You know, he's been an athlete. You know, he's been doing, like, top athlete stuff. He's probably... I mean, currently, as of right now, he's probably one of the best athletes in Colorado, period. You know, at 6'3", 205, he does a lot of great things. You know, he has uh, very good speed, borderline elite speed, agility, explosiveness. You know, he's tall. He could do all that stuff. He could hit pretty hard as well when he wants to as well. Uh, Anthony Costanzo is the definition of D1 athlete. You know, he's a dog straight up and he's one of the reasons why palmer ridge uh, did have as as much success as they did you know it's athletes like costanzo here who are just special and were able to elevate that program you know obviously he lost state last year um against uh against loveland but the two years before he did contribute a little bit i think his freshman year he was in there sparingly as more of a receiver uh his sophomore year he was in there as a starter so there you go anthony costanzo you know he definitely is gonna leave a legacy here when all is said and done and maybe get another state championship on his way out uh like i said we're recording this on november 16th so who knows there but there you go. I mean, that's probably his biggest strength. He's just a fantastic athlete, probably one of the most elite athletes here in the state. Uh, ironically, built a lot like Grant Page at 6'3", 205, and a lot of the same measurables there as far as speed, agility goes. Like, it's, it's pretty interesting how identical of an athlete they both are, to be honest with you. So, yeah, but moving on though uh the other thing that makes him like one of the best in the state obviously is that he just has very good ball skills borderline elite ball skills in my opinion uh at receiver he is pretty exceptional honestly if he wasn't already number one uh on this list he probably would have been number one uh the the number one ranked uh, receiver here in Colorado because he just has that ability to sky for the ball, you know, and that helps out on defense because he's able to get a lot of picks and all that. He's able to catch from multiple different angles, from awkward angles, off of uh, tips and all that. Like he's he's there, and he makes it happen. And like I said, he's somebody who has elite like athleticism. That agility is something you gotta keep an eye on because he has very quick feet and he changes directions very very well you do not see that every day out of a 6'3 205 pound safety so there you go and then lastly what i have to say here you know he's just excellent in zone um he plays it like he's he's the natural out there like it's not even that hard uh he just has an excellent ability to play zone you know he reads the quarterback size very well obviously you know he undercuts receivers and makes uh turnovers happen uh that's just something you know that's a given when you are the number one receiver in the state, but he just does that, you know, and he is very, he, I mean, he just makes it look easy. He's obviously very good at it and he just makes it look easy. So 
there you go. And then lastly, uh, the last thing I just want to mention here before I hand it off to Cody, you know, he just has the ability to be an excellent QB spy as well. In my opinion, that's a pretty underrated trait. But low-key, there have been times where they put him at quarterback spy, and he just does a very good job, you know, just forcing turnovers and making stuff happen. So there you go. Cody, do you have more to add on to why Anthony Costanzo is our number one safety this year? Well, I mean, for, for starters, it's it's hard to ignore the number nine recruit in the entire state. I mean, he is... He's been recognized and praised, rightfully so, and it, it's going to continue whenever he continues his journey, and we'll we'll elaborate more on that later. But, I mean, some things that I love is just, oh my gosh, he's just so physical in every aspect of the game. And, you know, there's film of him where he's playing linebacker in his sophomore and junior year, and he carries, you know, we have to realize he's going to carry those skills to that safety position. And so he has block shedding ability and really strong hands for block shedding he can play some man coverage and he has really strong hands for press like there are just some plays i think it's in his junior year he's lined up on somebody in the slot and he just gives him a really good shove and that's the end of their play basically there's just not enough time for them to recover and to become a receiving option for the quarterback again and on top of that you can see the strong hands kind of also when He's on the receiving end, and if he's blocking for other screens, you know, there's some instances where, you know, he's blocking on, like, a bubble screen, and, you know, he just moves his guy with relative ease because he understands leverage and just hand strength so well. And also, he's just a really well-balanced and body-controlled kind of player. That's what allows him to make some of these interceptions and highlight plays that allows him to play all of these different coverages and cover sideline to sideline that allows him to come up and play the run really well and just be an electrifying player in every facet of the game and you know versatility once again being our prized possession here in this safety ranking i'd have to say he's easily the most versatile and athletic safety on this list and the reason that he finds himself at number one now, Simon, do you mind if I try and point out some areas of improvement that are pretty nits? You know, did you, did you want to talk stats real quick? Oh, yes, I actually did want to talk stats. Thank <laughs> you. I, I, I was just used to you talking stats. That's for... okay. And I could do notable <laughs> games after, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as stats go, you know, uh, he's been on the field since he was a sophomore, as I briefly mentioned. And in those three years, he's racked up 95 total tackles, including 39 his senior year and 34. I should mention that in these three seasons, he's only played 24 games, you know, because there was the COVID year last year. And then you had to earn some more through playoffs. And sometimes he would get more snaps than others. So this year, you know, is definitely, I think, the year to judge him most off of. And so he picked up a, a handful of tackles, but really it's his eight interceptions in, you know, in these past three seasons that are just eye popping and his ability to take any of these to the house, as well as, you know, he's racked up four pass deflections this year. And last year he caused a fumble as well as blocking a field goal. So, you know, he's an asset, obviously, on special teams for, you know, any program that's lucky to have him. And yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, he has scored a lot of touchdowns 
he's actually scored 29 touchdowns in in his four years at Palmer Ridge, which is absurd. Uh, Simon, you want to talk about some, you know, notable performances that some of these stats may be derived from? Yeah, sure. I'll talk about his senior season ones. Obviously, last year, uh, even during the COVID year, he had a very good season at receiver and at safety. But this year, he had a good one as well, being kind of like the leader of the squad. I think that was pretty much, at least that was the vibe I was getting, that Costanzo here was the leader of not just this defense, but, you know, this offense as well. You know, obviously you have the Monument Moving Company. They're leaders in their own right on the offensive side of the ball. But defensively, they were losing kind of a lot of players here, including, uh, you know, Saxon Wright at linebacker. And then their defensive end, I think it's Cam Jones, I want to say. Uh, so there you go. And Costanzo, he was one of the, you know, vets. That was left when uh, they all graduated. And so this year, you know, he had some very nice games, notably against Pueblo West uh, at the beginning of the season, by the way, where uh, they just like absolutely thrashed them in this game. In this game, you know, he only had four total tackles, but he had three interceptions and all of them were pretty good. One of them, well, I should say two of them. Two of them, you know, he just read the quarterback size perfectly. He was playing that quarterback spy role, and he just read the quarterback size and then just naturally went for the ball both times and picked it off. And uh, obviously that contributed to that blowout. Um, they would play Pueblo West at, well, at the time of this recording last week, and that would go into double overtime, and obviously he had a role in winning that tough game as well. But this first one is obviously um, a pretty big deal here being able to do it against a quality team with talent and then against ponderosa in their was it 21 point or 21 point 28 point comeback win 21 point comeback 21 yeah listen okay the, so for if any of our listeners are confused go listen to the recap from that week where mason had the lowdown on it so yeah um regardless they came back from down three scores. Uh, Costanzo, he had an interception and four tackles in that Ponderosa game. And so, you know, he's had some nice games throughout the season, even though teams know who he is. Like, I'm sure they're not, like, throwing to this dude on purpose and trying to test him out. They know what he's about. He's still out here making plays. And those are only his defensive stats offensively this year. He also had 561 receiving yards and 12 receiving touchdowns. So, there you go. But, Cody, do you want to talk about some areas of improvement here for uh, Costanzo, whatever we could find? I mean, the only thing that I could kind of gather is sometimes he waits for the running back to get to him in the run game rather than going to the run play um and that doesn't even happen all the time i'd say it's probably like a 40 60 thing where 40 percent of the time he waits 60 percent of the time he goes and gets it um not too much to not like here simon was there anything that you found that you think should be worth mentioning maybe more man coverage i don't know yeah, maybe more main coverage. I mean, he's pretty good in that just because he's a natural athlete. Uh, but I'd like to see him master, I guess, the skill side of it, like 
be just that dude that um, won't allow any catches, you know, because he has that size at 6'3", 205, and the athleticism. If he could get down jamming receivers uh, more often all over the field and harassing them at the line and then still making plays, that will be big. So basically, I'm just asking him to be an elite corner at that point, uh, at this point, which I'm not going to really emphasize on. I think the thing that I saw that was maybe – you know the most alarming thing here was that you know his tackling fundamentals could be a little bit more consistent he hits hard no doubt about it but there are a lot of times he just doesn't wrap up and wrapping up is important there was one play i want to say on his senior highlight reel just looking over that and looking over some games where you know he hit the guy pretty hard but he did like kind of like I don't know he, he did that thing where you know he did a little skip forward and then the momentum like you know allowed him to fall down but there's gonna be more well there's gonna be better athletes on the next level who you know if they get hit like that and they're not wrapped up and that doesn't trip them up more than just the initial hit you know then they're gonna break it and they're gonna put their hand on the ground and then run for like you know 20 or 30 yards or whatever so i i would just say be more consistent there but that's nitpicking really so that's it uh do you want to talk outlook here well there is let me talk about it i'll let you talk about it i just want to mention that there is going to be more talent in the mountain west conference if you want to talk about which team he'll be playing for which university yeah so uh costanzo actually went ahead and committed before the season uh, I don't think it was in the summer. I feel like it was in the spring almost because I remember when it happened or I thought I did. But he is going to play for <laughs> UNLV. You, what was that? Were you laughing? Yeah, because you, you were like, I, I remember it. Well, I thought I remembered it. But anyways, well, continue talking about uh, UNLV here. Yeah, so Costanzo, he will be playing for UNLV. That's the University of Nevada at Las Vegas. Which is really, I don't, honestly, with NIL, that's probably the move. Not going to lie, you know. And I think when athletes see Costanzo go uh, to UNLV, they're like, hey, you know, I, I wouldn't mind living for free in Las Vegas for four years. That's kind of cool, you know. And then having, like, all those opportunities and whatnot, like, you can make some bank is all I'm going to say there without even stepping foot. But, you know, <laughs> my God, I think it would be a really fun college to be at personally. And UNLV, they have always been kind of a solid school as well. They've gone recruits. You know, they've stealed some. And honestly, with NIL, UNLV is just one of those schools, schools that are just going to benefit from it, you know, because they are able to allow their kids to accept money from businesses and, uh, you know, all of those NIL deals over there and being in Vegas. You know, where there's like a million business opportunities and like that's that's pretty big. You know, um, the boring school would be going to University of Nevada, which is not in Vegas. And I think it's in Reno, actually. And I, I nothing against Reno, but it's obviously Isn't not Reno Vegas. the capital of Nevada. I mean, does it matter outside of it being important politically? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, with that being said, you know, I think honestly, over at UNLV, you could probably get some snaps as a true freshman. And that could be sensational because, like I said, Costan uh, Anthony Costanzo, he is 
special you know he is definitely special uh you know v they're getting an absolute steal here you know and so this could be maybe the move here for a lot of young athletes not just here in colorado but around the nation so and i'm sure you know he would say that as well but cody what do you think about that move and my prediction here you got to love the athlete that Costanzo is. I think that we see a situation where, you know, we see him on the field. I mean, say Oladipo had some opportunities this past year at Boise State. And, you know, I'd like to think that Costanzo is on that level of Oladipo as far as just being a freak athlete who's going to help his team out in any way, shape, or form possible. And I'm pretty sure both these guys are, are both these guys team full gorilla guys? Costanzo and Oladipo, that is. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that they know each other and uh, they're kind of close. So I'd love to see them potentially compete against one another and have a little bit of a competition. You know, in Anthony's first year here, like who can get more tackles or who can get more interceptions? That'd be pretty fun to keep track of. But yeah, I definitely see Costanzo has has a pretty good chance of getting on the field this first year. And you know, if he doesn't, for sure, second year. I don't think he's a guy that you let collect too much dust here on this roster uh on any roster really and that includes you know i think he could have been a power five guy as well so you know i i think that you find yourself in this mountain west conference and you're unlv and you landed a three-star top 10 recruit out of colorado and anthony that uh you got to be happy with it and you got to use it against the uh colorado teams in the mountain west that uh didn't quite get them so yeah UNC should schedule UNLV. That would not be a bad matchup on paper, but you're right. Anyways, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when you got a stud like that, might as well play him right away, especially if you're UNLV. I think, you know, they could could get some hype out of this one. And this is no disrespect to the roster or anything, by the way. But, I mean, he's he's a great athlete, and honestly – excuse me honestly if he makes mistakes as a true freshman then just imagine what he'll be his senior or junior year you know it's not a bad thing just getting a good athlete out there and you know letting him uh just figure it out you know and helping him figure it out not just letting him but helping him figure it out coaching him up until he's just an absolute monster you know his junior and senior year maybe even sophomore year you know yeah. NFL guy? So, Costanzo? Yep. Yeah, he's built like it. <laughs> At 6'3", 200. Honestly, for Anthony here, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there as well because I could see it happening. He could potentially play linebacker as well. Maybe get to 220, 230 here, uh, be in that range and be pretty pretty elite not gonna lie i think if he was to do that you know a path to the nfl would be you know pretty interesting not that he can't make it there as a safety you know but i think uh, that's just another path for him as well playing linebacker i think he could be very successful there honestly just with the skill set he has compared to you know most inside linebackers you know or outside yeah i i get what you're saying (laughs) yeah So there you go. But um, to recap, you got it. Number five, Andrew Hale out of Valor Christian High School, who has offers from Idaho, Wyoming, and well, at least looks 
from CU. At number four for our safety list in Colorado. Oh my gosh. Uh, Cash Cheeks out of Mesa Ridge down in Colorado Springs, who has an offer from CSU Pueblo, as well as some looks from BYU and CU. Number three, Malik Singleton, the safety out of Grandview High School in that Centennial League, who is committed to Wyoming. Number two, Bryce Johnson, who is playing out of Lutheran High School and committed to CSU. And number one safety of the class of 2022, Anthony Costanzo out of Palmer Ridge High School playing or committed to UNLV. Wow, the Mountain West kind of did a pretty good job for uh, the Colorado top safeties. How about that? Colorado Springs did a pretty good job at safety. Colorado Springs did a <laughs> what? There's three in the Denver metro area, bruh. Yeah, bro. But the, Denver's a major city in America. Anyways. Hey, you know, the offer offer cash as well. That'd be lit. Not going to lie. Oh, you got to offer cash. Yeah. Might as well. No, okay, no. Not you might as well. Obviously, yeah. he's, a, he's a beast. I'm cutting that out. He's a beast. But yeah, offer cash. Ooh. Offer cash to Playmaker's Corner. So with that being said, (laughs) that will wrap up this top five seniors list here. Thank you so much for rocking with us, giving us support throughout this season and in this OG series where we basically rank seniors here in Colorado at every position. Uh, Remember, this series will take place on Fridays, primetime. I don't know if that's right, but Fridays, at least to us, feels like primetime there. And then on Tuesdays slash Mondays or Wednesdays or whatever, you'll have our recaps. And yeah, so I have been one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead and show some love on our social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. And then if you are listening to this on a major streaming platform, which I assume you are, unless you're on our website, go ahead and give us a good rating and leave a review. We appreciate uh, all the good ones for sure. And, you know, some constructive criticism if you have it. But keyword being constructive there, not just criticism. So there you go. But I have been... I have been one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. <laughs> and I'm the other co-host, Cody Stopper. We struggled through this episode, so y'all better enjoy it. But I'm not taking any constructive criticism. We were grinding on this one. My, this is my a good brain list. is mush. Yeah, it's a good I'm gonna, You know, I'm going to tell the listeners, I recorded this while, while I had COVID. All right, so. I did not have COVID. On my name. Yeah, we're recording this for uh, a remote, by the way. We're not being cringe. But anyways, y'all have a good one. And tell our recap. Catch you on the flip.